Welcome to the Mill Housing Nation podcast, where we are having conversations that matter for wherever the military has taken you. We're bringing you stories from real military spouses who not only understand the challenges, they are harnessing the opportunities to build lives they can love. From new spouses to veteran spouses, you'll get tips, tricks, and actionable steps that will help you along your military life journey. Welcome everyone, this is Heather Campbell, and we are so thankful that you have joined us on the Mill Housing Nation podcast, where we dive into the uniqueness of the military family journey by helping you build a life, a community, and a home you love when you are not in control of where you will call home next. Hey friends, it's Heather, and I am thrilled. I know I say that every episode, but these topics that we've been talking about since I have been able to come into the podcast have been really exciting new ways for me to learn lots of things and to share them with you. Today, I have a very dear friend of mine, Stephanie Sheehan, with me, and we're going to be talking about military retirement, which as a military spouse and a lifelong military dependent, I feel like I maybe should know more about this than I do. And there's a lot of things to learn. So before we get into that, I want to just thank you for being part of the Mill Housing Nation. Thank you for listening to the podcast. Make sure that you are following Mill Housing Network on social media. You can find them both on Facebook or Instagram. Just search Mill Housing Network, they will come right up. You can also find them at millhousingnetwork.com. Of course, you will see if you're listening to this podcast, you will have the link to the show notes where we will also have information about today's topic, our sponsor, and any additional questions that you might need answered. You will find all of that contact information in there. Okay, let's go ahead and get started. Stephanie, hi, thank you for coming on today and for talking with me about this. Hi, Heather. It's so good to see you and talk to you today. (laughs) I know. This is so great. Now, I know we are meeting via Zoom, but we have been together in two different locations, which is totally unusual. Our husbands are like enlisted and officer and a different career fields entirely. So it has been such a joy to get to know you. And every time I think about anything finance related, I know I've texted you multiple times to be like, oh my gosh, listen to this great milestone we hit, or oh my gosh, listen to this this thing I just learned. And you're always the first person I think about. So for today's episode, you know, talking about how military retirement is confusing, you, of course, are the person that I want to talk to about it. But tell us a little bit before we get into that difficult topic, tell us a little bit about you and your husband and sort of your military story. Well, I would be glad to. First of all, I'm honored to be a guest on your podcast today. And basically, my journey started with my husband over 30 years ago. We got married on February 22nd, 1992, and he enlisted February 26th, 1992. So he did 29 years, I think five months, four days. I only know that because of the retirement cake. And uh, (laughs) I now can say that I am a spouse of a retired military member. And this is, I think the first time I've really said it like that. So that's kind of crazy. So we did that whole journey together and, uh, from E1 to E9, um, we were blessed with a lot of opportunities and, uh, always tried to share anything that I had regarding finances. And as you know, with our younger military spouses and our seasoned ones. So it's been an awesome journey and I miss it, but I still have friends like you along the way that I've kept in touch with. So it's pretty great. I know. I love seeing that in the military circle, how we, we get in different spaces or even at joint bases where you're on a different branch or you, you move to a new place and you, know, you kind of find people where, where you'll say, oh, you know my friend so-and-so? Okay, well, if, if you know that person, then you're good with me, right? Like You're good in my book. And so it's been fun to see how those connections come full circle. And I'm, we're about halfway through our military journey. I thought that maybe I would have like a better grasp on our future and what our retirement will look like by now. 
But I'm hoping the next decade just goes really slowly because we don't have a plan yet. So maybe this this episode's a little anxiety inducing for me because it's coming a lot quicker, you know, than I thought. You're in the, you're in those first couple years, and you're in, for us. We had little kids and early career, and so anyway, I am so thankful again to have you on here now. Before we get started, I am going to review the new retirement system. So for those of you who are listening and you're on the old retirement system, I think they call it the legacy system, the higher three. We're not going to go through that because you are pretty familiar with how that works. Now, if you are on the new retirement system, if you came in after January 1st of 2018 and your service members on the new system, or if you decided to convert over, I'm going to hit the high points so that we can sort of know what we're working with when we talk about military retirement, because it can be confusing, especially with this big change, which now is a couple of years old, but still seems really unfamiliar to so many of us. This is what I have been able to find. Again, we're about halfway through our career, so we're on the old system. Uh, so my, my math is easy on my side. But for those of you who are interested in the blended retirement system, maybe you're enrolled in it, maybe it's something you're considering joining the military, and this is something you want to know about, here are the highlights. For every year that you are in the military, the government automatically contributes 1% to a thrift savings plan. That's basically the military equivalent of a 401k. And they invest it and it grows and it's a retirement account. And what's really neat about this thrift savings plan, we also call it the TSP. We love our acronyms in the military. The TSP can move with you. So if you decide to leave before the 20-year mark, you can take that pot of money and take it to a new location. You can take it to a civilian employer. You can take it to government work. You can do lots of different things with it where previously, if you left before that 20-year mark, you know, year 14, 10, 7, you kind of got a thumbs up of like, all right, thanks for being here. Have a great life. We got nothing for you. So this is a really great step to incentivize some of those military members to still be preparing for their future, even if they're not looking for that 20-year mark. So automatically, the government will be putting 1% of your base pay, the equivalent of 1% of your base pay into an account. And you don't have to enroll in that. You don't have to do anything. They just automatically will be putting 1% of your base pay into this account. Now, members, military members are automatically enrolled to contribute 3% out of their base pay. So government's putting in the equivalent of 1%, 3% of your own paycheck is going into this account. Now we're up to 4% total, right? After two years of active duty, you can step that up. Well, you can step it up at any time. But after two years, the government will match additional contributions. So for those first two, you know, they're only putting in 1%. But at the two-year mark, they will auto match that 3% that you've been putting in and they will also match up to 4%. So say I want to take my paycheck and I want to give 3%. Great. The government's going to match that 3%. Say I want to go up to 5%. They will automatically match that 5%. Now say I'm just really doing well with my finances and I want to contribute, say 10% of my pay. The government is still only going to match to that 5% rate. So it's still a great benefit to take advantage of, but it's not something that's just infinite, right? Like you can't just put all your money in there and like expect to double it. So they they do have a cap on that. Additional highlights of this retirement system is that if you make it to the 20-year mark and you do retire, you get to take that retirement account with you, but you also still get sort of that pension style retirement. And the math is a little different. Now it's 2% per year. So where it used to be 50% of your base pay at the 20-year mark. Now it's 40% of the base pay, plus all of that money you've been saving and contributing gets to go with you along the way. So 
those are the highlights. There's also a mid-career bonus for many careers. They're different for different ranks and different career fields, but there is a bonus to help sort of give you that incentive to, to stay the, the last part of the career. And when you retire, you can choose an early payout or a lump sum payout. And there's a lot that goes into that and that math. So I encourage you, if you are getting out, you're looking at what can I do with this account, payouts, retirements, that sort of thing, please, please talk to your base installation finance office. They're going to know all of the details. And more importantly, they're going to know the newest updates. Remember, all of our defense budgeting is determined by the National Defense Authorization Act, and that is renewed every year. So sometimes they change those rules every year, right? Okay, so if you have questions, if you're listening to this episode, please contact the officials at your installation because they are going to have the latest updates for you, although it still sometimes feels like it is clear as mud. But that is what we can do on the military side with our service members, what we're getting, what the benefit is for our military members, what their retirement matching is. That, that's all of that. Okay, that can be confusing. Also, Stephanie, why I asked you here, is there's a lot that we can be doing along the way with our own finances, with our own routines, with our own decisions to help prepare us for retirement. Because again, we don't know when they're going to change rules, right? Maybe I get to year 17. This would be my nightmare. Year 17 or 18, my husband, you know, they changed the rules and, and, and everything's not how we, we thought it would be. So what would you recommend? What did you guys do? Tell us a little bit about your story and what you recommend for young families, um, maybe mid-career families like ours, even those families maybe that are really close to retirement, what can we be doing of our own um, control to be preparing for retirement? Because there is a lot of unknown, not just in finances, but like how TRICARE works and how the payments work and VA benefits. And, and it's just really scary. You know, my, my husband's been doing this since he was 18. So we don't know grown-up stuff besides this. So please tell us how you guys prepared and what we should be doing. Well, you know, it's so awesome. Like I was thinking about this on my walk today because I knew my conversation with you was coming up and I feel like this almost needs to be a series, right? Like there's so much information to cover. And I feel like this is actually the best time because when I've talked to you before about finances, we were still in the thick of it too, right? Now we're a year. My husband actually June 30th is one year retired. Wow. So you've gotten to see kind of like, you know, was the hindsight, was the things we did, did it come to fruition? Did it make sense? Was it a good plan? And I'm happy to report that it was, and I would love to share some of those things. Gosh, there's so much, but I guess I would say it's never too late. First of all, I want to encourage your listeners because these, this subject can bring anxiety and it can bring uncertainty. And that is not my goal. My goal is to inspire all of us wherever we're at to start today because today is today and we can't control what happened yesterday, but we can control what happens tomorrow. Mm -hmm. I would encourage the listeners for that. I would say that I really started taking it seriously, probably after that hump of like, okay, past the 10 year mark, probably 12 years, this is going to be a career, right? Like this is actually going to be something. And so that's when my plan started. And I saw my other friends who were older than me go through retirement and their job maybe didn't come soon for their spouse or maybe they didn't have an emergency fund, all of these things, you know, that they didn't prepare for, they were kind of living after the fact. And so I knew I wanted to kind of make those pivots where I could. And so mine began probably on the enlisted side when my husband's pay got comfortable for us, right? So everyone's different. Everyone's debt is different. Everyone's finances are different. So for us, I think master, maybe tech was comfortable, but master for us was super comfortable. Mm -hmm. So at that point, you know, when you learn to live off, I always tell my kids, if you can manage a little, you can manage a lot. Right. So we kind of started to say, okay, 
what can we live off of and what's extra? So for us, that meant promotions. That meant even year raises. That meant the beginning of the year raises, which those usually weren't too much. So that would kind of usually maybe be gravy, but definitely the even years and the promotions. And what I began to do is I said, okay, my goal is to have one year saved up for retirement, right? After retirement of what his monthly pay was, his average yearly pay was, base pay. And I thought if I could have that, then, you know, we would be able to handle what could come in retirement, right? If it took him a while to get a job, I didn't want that stressor on him after serving our country so well. I didn't want to hit that stress on him or our family. So I think that's where I started. And then it just began to kind of roll from there. And I kept like a little separate account that I would put money into. He ended up staying 29 years. So thank goodness for us. You know, I learned those disciplines throughout that time. And my, our money really began to grow. And so, you know, that was encouraging. And so when he began to be close to retirement, I didn't have the nervousness, at least financially speaking. Retirement's hard enough without the financial piece, right? It's a huge Mm -hmm. transition for our military members, families, all of us. And so by doing that, I really felt like it took a huge burden off of everything else that was, that felt kind of not normal, you know, that you're going through. And so that's really where I started. That's why I encourage our spouses. If you can start thinking forward about what can I, that next raise, right? Now with today's times, it's different than what I would, you know, COVID kind of changed everything, the pandemic, now the inflation, it's really affecting our, our military families in every area. So I would say, you know, anything you can contribute of that promotion or of that raise to that retirement plan that you would put in place would be better than nothing at all. Right. Right. If that's small, start small, see that grow, add more where you can. But I think that was really super helpful for us. And it made a huge difference come retirement for us. A nationwide lender with branches across the country, Caliber Home Loans Incorporated is staffed with local experts who are eager to share their knowledge and help you realize your dream of homeownership. Caliber is committed to meeting the specific mortgage needs of the brave men and women of the United States Armed Forces who serve our country with resolute sacrifice and bravery. Their combination of our user-friendly technology and the professional guidance of their loan consultants creates a smooth route to homeownership. I remember when you first shared your story with me, you know, I had three kids under four and um, we were one income, we were still paying off student debt. And so we weren't saving for retirement yet. We were putting all of our eggs, uh, you know, sort of in that basket of let's get out of this debt, this debt that was averaging about 7% interest. Okay, let's get out of the debt and then snowball that into retirement. And just about a year ago, we finally got to the point where we're like, okay, we're it was December of 2020. We refinanced our house. Interest rates were low, unlike right now, uh, but they were low. So we refinanced the house, got some wiggle room there, and then paid off the last of our student loans. And so that was a really great moment for us to kind of really look around and say, okay, what's next? You know, at that point, we had been married eight years and every single thing that we could scrap together went towards getting out of this student loan debt. Now, as we returned to Alaska, we had had a promotion since the last time we lived here. And I, and I told my husband, hey, I know how to, to run our household on, on the previous ranks budget. My plan is just to keep running our house on that budget and start 
just those, those little small increments, right? And, and we just hit one of those even year raises this summer. And I said, hey, that even year raise, like we're a year into our new location. As you know, we're in interior Alaska. It's very expensive. There's a lot of things that make it uh, tricky financially here. And I said, hey, we're good. We're a year in, we're, we're still comfortable. Let's take that even year raise and just, just actually start a regular contribution. Because it had kind of been here and there, but it wasn't you know, out of the paycheck, that regular set contribution. So I feel like now we're in our mid thirties, we're halfway through his career and we're, we're kind of just getting our feet under us. So sometimes I feel like we're really behind the curve, but that's why I love talking to you because you're so encouraging. Now, what would you say to families? I know that we have a mutual friend that we were both um, with when we were here in Alaska together, they were getting very close to retirement and were one income due to family circumstance and work circumstance, and they were not able to have 20 years or 10 years worth of savings, right? They had really made decisions for their family that were not benefiting them financially. And I know that by the time they reached that retirement mark, about three or four years later, they were feeling really comfortable based on some of the recommendations that you you gave to her. So what would you say to any of those families that are maybe at that 16, 17 year mark, maybe they're just hitting that E6, E7 pay raise, they've got kids, they're you know, all the things that make life difficult, one income because they're moving around and the spouse can't get work. What would you say to them in those maybe five years before retirement? How can they best prepare? That's a great question. And, you know, that's where I want to encourage, right? So like I said before, it doesn't matter where you are, start where you're at. But I would say if you write down and what I did with that spouse is we wrote down, you know, kind of what is the spending, right? I feel like, you know, when we write things down, we see that Sometimes we have a little extra, but we don't realize that we had it because it's so easy to spend five bucks at Starbucks. Well, I think it's $6 at Starbucks now, right? right? So everything's gone up. So you don't realize that that $6, you know, that could be 80 bucks a month or whatever it is. And that small amount, although may seem small, when you keep doing it, it adds up very quickly. So I would say, I like what you brought up too about debt. I think there is that fine balance, right? Between taking your debt down and then also preparing for tomorrow, yeah. right? And what's more important, and I would say as you're gearing towards retirement, if you can aim to reduce as much of your debt as possible, I would still encourage for those that are, maybe have a little bit more debt on the books than they would like, I would still say, you know what, for you, you may not be able to take that whole promotion or that whole even year, right? You may have to kind of make that towards paying off your debt. But even whatever liquid money you have in the account as an emergency fund is going to reduce the stress when that retirement comes. Because remember, you go about 30 days without a check. If you know you're going to full retirement, you have that wait for your first retirement check. And that first retirement check, it's very different. You don't mm -hmm. have all entitlements. You don't have the BAH. You don't have those things. So another thing I would suggest too, which was super helpful to me, I don't know, I'm sure I showed you, Heather, is to have, for me, it was a book. And I would have yes. a book had, you know, what I would do is I would line out, okay, what is my husband's projected retirement? I could have told you eight years before he retired, what he was going to get in retirement pay. Yeah. And it's pretty easy to calculate it. I would say, do that too. See what that retirement check is going to look like. What does that look like? Where are we at? How much do we need to bring in to be as prepared as possible for that scenario? Because what you know now will definitely, good, bad, or ugly, it will prepare you for that moment. And it's better to face it now than to just kind of push it down and not want to look at it because it's coming, right? Let me just share 29 years, never in a million years did I think we were doing 29. It was 20 and done. That was the yeah. deal. 
But, you know, my husband's career had another plan and it was a great ride um, and gave us more opportunity to save too. So in the end, it wasn't a bad thing, but as you know, it comes really fast. So even for those people, I'm just glad I had the opportunity because even if it's just a thought now that's in your head, now you can do something with it, right? right? If you're not looking at it, you're like, oh, that's tomorrow. But man, tomorrow comes so fast. Trust is everything. For 140 years, Navy Mutual has been safeguarding your family and your future. Navy Mutual's financial strength and stability ensures they'll be there when you need them the most. They are there to provide members high-quality, low-cost life insurance and annuities, educate the military and uniformed service community at large on matters of financial security, and to help members secure their earned survivor benefits. With commitment, competence, and character, for Navy Mutual, it's all about trust. I love how you line out that like, okay, kind of see where you are now, maybe looking at your spending now, looking at what you want that future to be. I work as a registered dietitian. And whenever I'm working with families, specifically about meals, I tell them all the time, I'm the GPS, right? Okay. I I get to help guide your path, but we need to figure out where you're starting and where you're going. And a lot of the times people kind of just want to be at the destination, right? They want to be teleported. Like, okay, I want to be at my goal already. Okay. Well, if that's your goal, let's see where you are now. Let's map out the steps. Let's map out the turn by turn, right? And I feel like this is the same way is sort of you don't know what's not working until you you really take a look at it. Now, I do have a, a recent budget workbook that I got from a military spouse. It's very detailed. It's wonderful. It's on paper. I'm a paper girl, but it was a little too detailed and a little too overwhelming for me. I am a big fan of using, and those of you who are listening, you might be familiar with these, lots of different banks offer like a spending breakdown. So maybe your your main bank or your main credit card that you use or, or anything like that. And there's even apps and websites that you can link to your accounts that will bring all the data in and put it in a pie chart for you and tell you, hey, Heather, you are supposed to be spending $50 a month on coffee and you're spending $75 a month on coffee. You need to, like you're over, you either need to adjust your budget or adjust your spending, right? So for those of you who are overwhelmed with the idea of looking at all of your finances or categorizing them, you can totally enlist a software for a very affordable price. Some, many of them are free. Some of them are a few dollars a month that will map that out for you and tell you exactly what adjustments you need to make. So do not be overwhelmed. If that feels really overwhelming, Google, Google your favorite. There's a few that are recommended in different places and find one of those tracking apps or websites. And also same thing for retirement. They have them both for military retirement that you can go on a website and calculate. They also have more civilian ones of, hey, I want to be completely, completely done working right at age, whatever. Here's what I expect to need to pay for that age and then sort of work backwards from there. So I love that you really line that out and say, hey, you've got to know what you're working towards. Otherwise, it can be easy to get caught up in just doing the coffee and and also not feeling like you're making any headway. And I'm wondering, did you ever have, because I know I have. Did you ever have a point in those early years of saving, you know, you've got this big goal, right? At the finish line and you're maybe in year two or year three or year five of that plan. And you're like, we are not getting anywhere. Like, did you ever have that moment where you're like, we are killing ourselves for nothing? Yeah, I think for sure. For me, it's definitely in the beginning. You know, I think it's in the beginning is hard. It might be foreign. And um, that's where you have to just dig in and just keep going because it's going to, it will add up. And I wanted to share too, I don't want this to get missed. So when you look at someone like me, I want it to really be an encouragement because 
I did not have a college degree. So my husband went in as an E1. You know, I made minimum wage back then, which I'm not even going to say out loud because it's so ridiculous. And <laughs> I literally had to work just to pay daycare so I could have a $50 or $100 a month to pay the bills, right? Yeah. So I want listeners to know that I speak from a place where I understand how hard it can be to save and to be able to do that. But I also want to say I did it. And so can you. And I also didn't work for the last 10 years because of my husband's career. We were moving, I think, seven out of eight, nine years. And so I didn't work. And so we were able to do this without me working. So I really wanted that to be an encouragement to your listeners to know that It may feel hard if you aren't used to doing it. It might feel foreign if you're not used to doing it. But I promise if you start today and you will see that it will be hard, that anything worth doing is sometimes hard, right? And it's going to do something. And it's also going to prepare you for that retirement lifestyle. And I want to encourage your listeners too that we were scared. I was scared of retirement. I was like, what does that look like? Oh my gosh, you know, we've had all this taken care of for us for so long. We've had this income coming in. And I just also want to share with your listeners that this has been the best time. Like, I was like, what was I thinking? Like this retired life, we're more comfortable today than we were in the military. Mm-hmm. So I want that to be like an encouragement for your listeners too, that Sometimes the grind can feel really hard and really days can feel long, but there is something really great at the end of it. And you just have to keep your eye focused on that and not get, you know, not get discouraged. Uh, See, I, my dad, um, my dad was in the Air Force and he retired after 25 and a half years and he did about half of his time enlisted and then half of it in the officer side. So he was an enlisted maintainer. So those of you who have been in the maintainer world, you kind of have an idea of what that was. Dad of three girls, but he's an enlisted maintainer, right? And then he switched over to the med group as an officer. So I have seen two completely different worlds of the Air Force. And then now my husband's just in the normal Air Force, right? We don't fly. We're not medical. Like we're just in the regular old everyday people. So I've seen lots of different sides of it. But in that, my parents kept our budget. Uh, When he commissioned, he was tech sergeant. So they kept our budget growing up around tech sergeant and maybe in between tech sergeant and first lieutenant pay, right? And as they got those increases, they did exactly what you share. And once my dad retired, he was like, I don't know, 43. So he went and worked a civilian job for 15 years. And he took that retirement check and put it towards a retirement account. So there's also that side on the retirement. Once you do sort of cross that line, if you make it to retirement, or even once you leave the military with this new system and you can take this retirement account, there is opportunity to be, just like you said, more financially comfortable because of the way that some of these systems are set up to help provide for you so that while you get out, maybe get a civilian job that pays similarly and then bank that retirement check. My husband does not have that plan. He wants to be a high school football coach and just live on his a combo of the coaching and teaching check and the retirement check. So we still have a couple of years to get on the same page about that plan. Um. Well, and that was Right. And then I would also like recommend to your listeners too, as you plan out like what that retirement check would look like, my best advice is, is if you can try, right, we can only try to think of if you can have your expenses fall under that retirement check. And I know that that, that might be a challenge, you know, if you have debt and things like that. But if you can try to get as much under that, like you said, um, Heather, the retirement lifestyle can be super comfortable. So I want that to kind of be like the carrot at the end of it, right? Like, you know, d- definitely delayed gratification, 
but also don't restrict yourself so much that you're not mm-hmm. living life and experiencing it because you can have extremes both ways. Yeah. So I don't want listeners to just save until they're miserable, right? Like you have to find that balance, but anything you do is going to help definitely prepare you for that next step for sure. That's such a good insight. We, when we were in the middle of those debt paying years, we got our tax return one year and every year we knew the tax return went to a lump sum to whatever the, the debt was we were working on. Right. And I remember this came in and I was talking to my, my spouse about it. And I said, okay, this isn't, this is what, you know, here's my, let me pull up my Excel spreadsheet. Let me tell you what we're doing with this. And and he's like, I think we should do something fun. Every year we just put it towards debt. Like, let's do something fun. We had moved back to the lower 48 where we could, you know, more easily travel places. And I was just like appalled. Like, what? I remember calling my mom and being like, listen, listen to this. He thinks we should do something fun. And she's like, so I'm kind of on his team for this one. You guys have been working really hard. And so that year we used our tax returns and we went to Disney World with our little kids. And it was so wonderful. And really finding that balance of, okay, these future goals that we have, but not forgetting to live life now and enjoy the things now that we get to experience. So it it is so different. It's so different for each family, for their financial history, for their financial future, where they are now. But I love, you know, sort of knowing what we can work with from the military side for retirement and then also what we can contribute for our own well-being and for our own security and just knowing that we're at least doing what we can. So thank you so much for sharing everything. Um, any last tips you want to leave with our listeners before we close today? Oh my goodness, Heather. There's so, there's so much, but I would just say also encourage your listeners to also start thinking about what that looks like as far as survivor benefit plan. You know, start looking into that because that's um, an option after they retire. Do you want to do that? Do you want to do a whole term? Do you want to do a term life policy? You know, start thinking about those things because if anything happened, right, the military retirement pay does not go to the spouse. So that's the next step, but that could be another day, another conversation. But um, just to look at the whole picture and it's just been an honor to have this time with you and your listeners today. Yes. Thank you again for coming and for sharing your story, your experience and what you've learned along the way and how to find that balance and also for encouraging all of our listeners. For those of you listening today, I hope that you have been encouraged and blessed by today's episode. Remember, you can find us on socials at Mill Housing Network, both on Instagram and Facebook, or you can find us at millhousingnetwork.com. You can find the show notes to this podcast wherever you are listening. And thank you all so much for being a part of the Mill Housing Nation. We appreciate you. The Mill Housing Nation is where you always have a community, no matter where you are stationed. 